Welcome back to Brigham Young Money. Come come on inside and <laughs> hang out. It's a new thing I'm saying, apparently. It's Kyle here. <laughs> We've got Greg and Jordan. How are you guys doing? Jordan, you go first. I almost had a breakdown in Ikea today. <laughs> <laughs> Things are good. <laughs> Things are good. Um, I decided to do a little research as I was looking for some uh, furniture and... Um, Probably not the best with uh, what we're talking about today. So, yeah, don't, don't, nope. doing great. That sounds great. Greg, my friend, how are you? I almost had a breakdown in my living room. <laughs> what? What's going on with my boys? No, I'm, just, I thought, uh, I'm just kidding. It's just, oh. it's the fucking playoffs, man. And oh, God. We're spread thin around here. And, you know, sleep is, sleep is coming at a premium, but. The thing that is keeping me going is every single morning I log into LinkedIn and I read 72 <laughs> rising grind articles and it gives me the fuel that I need to not have that nervous breakdown. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, I, I tweeted about this, but there was there was some like I can't remember what it was like pretty late. Like I probably should have been asleep already, but I was just looking at LinkedIn for some reason. Oh, I think someone like requested to connect or whatever. And I just saw the top post. It's like on my entire LinkedIn feed is just like a bunch of people posting like copaganda. They'll post like a picture of like a black cop talking about how happy he is to be a black cop and how proud he is to be black and how proud he is to be a cop too. My, my LinkedIn feed loves that shit. Um, but they also are posting the most rise and grind shit. And somebody had like a, a poll asking when people wake up and the latest option was before 8am and the earliest option was uh 4am and there were a bunch of people in the comments who were just like no i'm a 3:30am type of guy i'm just like i'm going to kill all of you i'm going to commit i'm going to commit crimes and i'm going to kill all of you i have to i can't exist in this world i know you guys go to the gym early but i'm like we got these people talking about how they wake up at 3:30 to I don't even know what they do. What do you even do at 3.30 a.m.? What time do you go to bed? I don't understand. No, they're the type of people that saw like that like outrageous Mark Wahlberg schedule he has for a given day where he like, goes to bed at 6 p.m. and wakes up at 2 and then works out for four hours. To start one of his like three workouts of the day. Yeah, dude, that was just... The reason Mark Wahlberg does that shit is so they can justify the like, so he can justify, you know, having the life he lives despite being like a very mediocre actor and someone who's committed multiple racist hate crimes. <laughs> he has to come up with some justification as to why he deserves the life that he has. So he does that by waking up at 2 a.m. to work out for the first of six times that day to show that you're the reason you, non hate crime committing person, reading this article about my life don't have the life I live is because you just don't work and grind hard enough. Like I do. Like that's the, that's all that shit really comes down to, to me. Do you know, so I, do you know what the real problem no tolerance. is? What? Jimmy Butler has permeated corporate America. <laughs> that's what it Every, feels like, everybody is, is everybody is turning into fucking Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. We're fucking locked in. Yeah. We're waking up at 4 a.m. Yep. You know, even if we're in the bubble, we're doing deadlifts in our hotel room. We're running sprints yes. in the hallways. Brutal. Rise and I grind. It. 
I my first meeting every day is generally at like 9 a.m. and I don't wake up till like 8:50. So that's like what I'm doing generally. Rem- <laughs> I'm like I'm remote work, man. Yeah. It whips. I know. That's just like the state of affairs. You know, it really shouldn't be like everyone's trying to emulate like Howard Hughes's like way of uh, doing business. <laughs> like everyone just seemed like to take the lessons from the aviators. Like, yeah, I should just like never sleep and also just yeah. like maybe bottle my own urine. Who knows? Might come in <laughs> handy one day. It really might. Well, we aren't here to talk about bottling urine, unfortunately, or rising and grinding or the jazz, which you can go to the unsalvageables podcast instead to listen to how um, things went after game one and hopefully by the time people are listening to this game two went a bit better um how did so game one go just... greg bad <laughs> that's very insightful but instead today we're talking about a topic that is very near and dear to our hearts something that we um have really devoted a lot of our lives to and that's of course talking shit on Operation Underground Railroad. Wait, I thought you said we weren't talking about bottling piss. (laughs) Hey, let's go. There we go, baby. I like that. Okay, so um, we did an episode a lot, like one of our like probably first like 15 episodes, maybe 10 episodes was about Operation Underground Railroad, but a lot of Tim Ballard in particular. Do you guys remember which episode that was? I can look it up. I can't remember what number. Um. So I highly recommend people listen to if if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend that you go back and listen to that one in which we will know the exact number soon. Um, But yeah, it's it's we talk a lot about in that episode, Tim Ballard and kind of the cult of personality that he's created for himself around himself and like the type of. you know, God and hero complex that he has around the work that he supposedly does. So Operation Underground Railroad, often called OUR, which honestly feels a lot less offensive to say um, than Operation Underground Railroad because the fucking nuts you have to have to name your, (laughs) like, this thing after, you know, the actual Underground Railroad. Just absolutely wild. So today we're going to be talking more about them because... They've been back in the uh, public eye a bit. Um, this year in particular, a lot of things have come up. There's been some really good articles that we'll talk about today that have gone through um, that recount experiences from people who have been with him on some of their uh, missions or whatever. Um And also some other stuff that they have just gotten into and some weird shit around them. But um yeah, so this a lot of this obviously is centered around Tim Ballard himself, who's the founder of Operation Underground Railroad. Fuck, I'm just trying to call that OUR. I said I was going to do that. I need to keep doing that because I can't. I can't say that every time. This is a man who claims that he has been called to by God to fight human trafficking, and since we last talked about them, um, it turns out that the Davis County, Davis County is a county in Utah. Davis County, uh, prosecutor is under criminal is criminally investigating OUR. And there's been some weird like stuff around that in that they, I mean, they've basically all but said that it's about them, but he hasn't explicitly said exactly 
that he is investigating them, but we all know that's what he's talking about because this Davis County prosecutor is apparently also a really big sub tweeter <laughs> on his Instagram and he just like is a petty bitch and like can't not say something on his Instagram. Um, so basically what's going on. Oh, sorry. Say, is this going to turn out to be another Mike Avenatti situation? Dude, it it really. I don't think so. I think I this guy weirdly has more. I really hope not. No, I. I mean, the reason they're being investigated. So, the quote is: local nonprofit was conducting illegal fundraising efforts by taking credit for arrests made by the Davis County Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. The reason they're being investigated is because they're essentially using work that cops have done in Davis County. To claim that they did that work and are fundraising off of that, which is exactly what we talked about in our first episode, exactly how they've built their entire brand, exactly how they build, you know, all of their marketing materials is doing exactly that. It's just funny that it pissed off a local prosecutor. (laughs) That's what it took for them to be like, fuck no. (laughs) Like it, like the way the scale that they've done this on is obviously much bigger than just what's taking place in Davis County, Utah. But I mean, we're, we're unlikely to see, you know, developing nations having uh, the clout to do this type of thing, but apparently a d- local prosecutor can. And so he posted on Instagram, this prosecutor, um, his last name is Rawlings. He said, please beware, he wrote on Instagram, of any individual entity or organization who solicits your money and may be claiming credit for work to protect children that is actually done by our task force and or other law enforcement organizations in Utah and around the world. Get the details before parting with your cash. They have had absolutely zero involvement in any of these arrests and successful prosecutions. Just because someone claims they are called of God when asking for your money does not necessarily mean they actually are. He's just like so. it's it's like a like a really weird righteous gemstones episode. Yeah, it really is. Oh, and the episode that we talked about before was episode 10, in which was titled The BYM Cinematic Universe. And I think we <laughs> both introduced Tim Ballard and Quaku into the canon that day. So terrific. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad we're, we're, just, we're staying on brand, if nothing else. Oh, God. Yes, Playing we are. Playing the hits. So, yeah. So, um, the first thing that's come up with Tim Bowd recently is honestly hilarious. And it involves the actor Jim Caviezel. And Jim Caviezel is a just heck of a guy. He... He gained a lot of notoriety. Like, I highly recommend people listen to the QAnon Anonymous episode with Dave Anthony about this guy. Um, It's hilarious. Dave Anthony is really funny. And they talk about his, like, trajectory as an actor. And he's just, like, a complete idiot. And also just, like just a terrible actor he makes terrible career choices but one of his career choices was to play jesus in passion of the christ and (laughs) something that's so funny about that is when they were filming and producing this movie he was struck by lightning while filming this multiple times and the the assistant director was also struck twice as well which as dave anthony said like how is that not a sign from god that you should stop making this fucking movie (laughs) 
like I'm not it's I'm not so a religious good. guy. It's been a long time since I've been at church. But like if me and my buddies are getting struck by lightning, I'm I'm like I'm hightailing it out of there as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> When you're doing something like when you're when you're acting as Jesus in a movie and you get struck by lightning, I don't think there's I think I think you just have to be like, all right, like time to pack it up for a little bit. But he didn't. And he finished the movie. Um, He also suffered like some other pretty serious health ailments while filming that movie, including hypothermia when he was um, doing the Jesus on the cross scene. So obviously did quite the sacrifice there. But um, he is has been cast in a movie that's being produced that is a that is about tim ballard um and jordan you probably know is this the movie that glenn beck is producing yes um (laughs) yeah it's being produced by glenn beck uh it's being produced by some other people we're gonna be talking about later on but it's just essentially like this as the whole thing is being funded by like Operation Underground Railroad and like yeah. all of like its ideological allies and for <laughs> like pushing this like human trafficking angle that is mainly just made to make you be afraid of immigrants more than anything else. Yep. Yeah. So he essentially he, he went to a, a conservative conference. Um, I think it was back in April and you know, to promote this movie in front of this conservative conference audience, because, you know, he's going to be playing Tim Ballard in this incredible movie that everyone's clamoring for. And he was, he joined by video conference. Tim Ballard himself wasn't there. And, um, he, in, in his, in, in his, uh, delivery to, uh, in his address to the people in this conference, he explicitly was like, oh yeah, Tim Ballard, he wishes he could be here, but he's too busy being in like the depths of hell, saving children from like whatever. And then he threw in, he threw in a little, a little piece of, uh, a little piece of pie for the, for the hungry folks. And he said, um, that t- that he was you know fighting against the quote the adrenochroming of children which is not something i've ever heard used as a verb like that i adrenochrome obviously is something that we are familiar with being like colloquially um never heard it used like that adrenochroming a child and so he just like kind of skated on past that continued to talk about how excited he was about the movie or playing to play tim ballad or whatever and then um, he, the the host of this conference, you know, st- going back and forth um, with this guy was like, so you mentioned adrenochrome. <laughs> does anyone, does everyone in the crowd know what that is? And you hear some like, woo, yeah, like we know what adrenochrome is. And he was like, okay, so for those of you who don't know, Jim, why don't you tell us what adrenochrome is? And he said the following. Essentially, you have adrenaline in your body, and when you are scared, you produce the adrenaline. If a child knows he's going to die, his body will secrete this adrenaline, and they have a lot of terms that they use that he takes me through, but it's one of the worst horrors I've seen. He's saying, what he's saying is that this is something that Tim has said to him. Tim Ballard, of course. Um... So he's saying that Tim Ballard has, quote, taken him through what this means or what this is. He says, it's one of the worst horrors I've seen. God, it's screaming alone. Even if I never, ever, ever saw it, it's beyond. And these people that do it, 
there will be no mercy for them. So clearly, like Tim in the past has flirted with a lot of like Q shit. I, I've been told that Q, that Tim has discounted QAnon shit in the past, which we know to not be true because he on camera was talking about the Wayfair conspiracy theory and essentially saying, yeah, this is definitely actually a way that human traffickers traffic children through sites like Wayfair, he says. He was also using it which, as like justification of like, oh, yeah, even if Wayfair isn't isn't right, it's still raising awareness. So, like, yeah, yep. even if you're. Yeah. So any even if you're fucking your parents and friends are freaking out about human trafficking taking place on a furniture website, it's all good because all it's doing is getting more people aware of the horrors that are that are actually taking place. Around. Which is. Yeah, that's which exactly is even right. more insane. Like living in a post January 6th world. It's 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 going next door, executing your neighbor, thinking that they're a pedophile and then being like, OK, so maybe they weren't a pedophile, but I was raising awareness about the potential of pedophiles being in your neighborhood. Like, that's not how this works. I, I guess <laughs> that's not something that you should you know do, what, guys. I, I'm sorry. I know we made plans this weekend, but I actually have to spend it offing mod bosses. I'm trying to – and if and if they don't end up being mob bosses and I execute a few people, you know, here and we're there that may awareness. not have deserved it, we're just raising awareness. It's fine. What? And if you don't like it, what? Are you with the are, – are Small price to pay to let everyone know about human trafficking. And I'm just going to say <laughs> this, guys. Like if you don't, if you don't like it, yeah, what? If you're are against you – I, I guess you're yeah. just a pedophile. You're just you're, – you're for human trafficking? Is that, is that for real? <laughs> Yeah, if you're against me going up to Uncle Junior's like porch and then just plugging him right in the forehead, <laughs> you, you know what? You let the human traffickers win. All right. Just going to say it. That's right. My God. So, yeah, that whole like it's actually fine as long as it's raising awareness thing. Yeah. So he's he's done that. He got put on like a weird like official capacity by President Trump. Um, but like that was like a weird like task force supposedly of a private public partnership to fight human trafficking or whatever. And like their big sell is that they quote, no, there's quote, no bureaucracy. I think on like their website, it's like privately enforced or private something like no bureaucracy free. Like they think the reason that there's human trafficking taking place across the world is because there's just bureaucracy that's letting it happen. It's just too slow to act. That's his whole thing. So um yeah so jim look out for him in the new tim bag movie i'm sure it's going to be great i'm sure um we're all going to see it i'm sure we are going to watch that and review it so well, we're going to watch it when it comes out and honestly it he, jim caviezel is like the perfect fit for jim yeah. burgess just because like ballard they're both yes. just yeah tim ballard whatever tim burgess owns just like <laughs> yeah tim burgess owns yeah, because they're both just these like idiotic figures who are like insanely racist yeah. and also just have like the worst case of like protagonist syndrome. Yep. Like yeah. they, they both think just reality is just happening to them. So they have to be at the forefront of all of it. Yeah. And it, and like Jim is the type of guy like in that QAA episode, they talk about how um, he's such a shitty actor and his brain is so mushed up that they have to write like single lot. He has lines that he reads from cards when he's do, actually acting like Brando, except he can't hide it. And they've had to write like literal a single word 
<laughs> uh, like on the on a paper for him like the word no they had to write that on a paper and give it to him <laughs> and then like there was that thing where he was like talking about drones flying in the air but he couldn't remember the word drone so he kept saying like clones or something it just there's a clone up there no, yeah guys oh, i don't really want to be ableist because this is obviously a man who stu- suffers from steven seagal syndrome <laughs> pretty close honestly he's he's right about there it's brutal it's i mean steven is way cooler obviously but yeah hey now at least steven seagal is allowed to drive a car in his movies as a matter of fact that's 90 percent of where his acting takes place now yeah, but he, he does everything he true. does this in some sort of a chair yeah, Jim Caviezel being not being allowed to drive a car in his movies because he kept quote in character running trying to run people over was just like one of the craziest things I've ever this heard. This is but what my anyway. character would do. Just commit vehicular. This is what my character would do. Vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> Yeah. Just oh my the gosh. shittiest character actor of all time. I know. It's so He's awesome. Like Daniel Day Lewis on opposite day. Yep. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty much, he's just Daniel Day Lewis. If uh, he actually tried to, if he actually tried to beat Paul Dano to death with a bowling pin. <laughs> Jesus, can you imagine? Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Oh, oh, I'm just Damn, trying to imagine. What are you doing? A criminal, well, this is what my character would do. I'm imagining a criminal trial where he's like his defense is that, and I'm waiting for the day America has to face a trial where the somebody murders someone with a prop, and uh, their defense in court is it's what my character would do, and see where we end up. I think that's going to be a good test for us eventually. It- there is a good chance that this movie might have that in there because I don't think that any of the people involved in this film are willing to uh, stop uh, Jim Caviezel's uh, impulse control here. That's right. So That's absolutely right. <clears throat> okay, so back to OUR. Um, since I mentioned a couple articles that we're gonna that we're gonna go through, um, the first of which uh, is in Slate, and it's from. Um, this woman named Meg Conley, and I'm going to read. She posted some excerpts of the article on her Instagram, which I think are kind of the, the pieces I would probably highlight as well. Um, but she she posted this on Instagram, um, and the title is "I went on a vigilante raid to quote save kids sold for sex. What we did haunts me now." And this was her caption before I go through um, what she. What she posted in the article itself. She said, I'm not sure oh, how to hold on, hold okay. on, hold on. How deep did she get in this vigilante raid before she realized, like, hold on, this have, is a bad idea. It's it's really yeah, it's interesting. So oh boy. And so, so the first line is uh in her caption, she says, I'm not sure how to talk about this in this space, which on Instagram is a valid point because um OUR has gotten really big on Instagram and a lot of like the trafficking shit that is completely made up and fake has spread uncontested on Instagram. When people post stuff on their stories, just like without any refutation at all, it's just like it's 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 a virus. And we saw a ton of this. I mean, last summer, like when the BLM protest started, like they needed something to show that they cared about something, too. So they started posting made up bullshit about sex trafficking. but. Which obviously, of course, is a thing, but through the lens of uh, 
Tim Ballard. Um, it's it's got a certain certain flavor that may not be very uh, very accurate. She said, "So many of us believed in Tim Ballard. We raised the money for his organization. We wept over the stories he told. I'm terrified that in discussing the irredeemable problems with Operation Underground Railroad, you will feel I am calling you irredeemable. I'm not. I need you to know I'm not." We were raised to believe men who tell us they're called of God. We were, which, yeah, we were raised to want, to want a calling of God for ourselves. We were raised to think it was our job to save the world. And you know, some men are called of God. This is obviously her, her view. Um, she, I think she's still Mormon. Um, we were raised to think it was our job to save the world. And you know what? Some men have, are called of God, but they do not trade on their calling for fame. You can be called of God, but you don't need a man to make that calling true. And it is our job to save the world, but the world really is our neighborhood, and often it needs to be saved from the systems we uphold. This piece was hard to write. I went to therapy to get over the trauma of the trip. It would be, for me, so much less horrifying in so many ways to let the whole thing collapse unmarked in the distant past. But sometimes we have to try to save the world from the things we once did. I hope the grace shot through the article meets you where you sit, stand or lay. We can work on this together. It just looks different than what Ballard presents. So, um, yeah, and then she ends her caption by saying anti-trafficking work, the kind that really works, doesn't have an immediate satisfaction. It's slow and steady. There are no starring turns, um, which, of course, this is something that, you know, people who are skeptical of OUR are, very, I mean, including many other human trafficking organizations that, you know, fight against it, that is, um, have said themselves. <clears throat> so, yeah, the, the crazy thing about that article, too, is that, like... It um, like she didn't know she was going into any sort of like raid or anything like that. Like mm -hmm. they just like surprises on her, too. And then yep. like it took like her husband at the airport after they got back. Like you did what? Yeah. Right? Yep. That's, yeah. That's, so that's absolutely insane. Yep. So this is uh, the excerpts that she shared. She said um, this is how it starts. Ballard explained the mission of the organization to me like this. Children in other countries were being trafficked. Local governments were overwhelmed or complicit. And the U.S. government was unwilling to jeopardize diplomatic relationships to rescue local underage victims. Ballard said he knew how to rescue these kids. He told me he'd been called to this work by God. Ballard and I are both Mormon. He knew my parents from church. My dad, who loved my work, kept a few cards with my blog information in his wallet. He'd pass them out to friends, family, and even the nurses treating his leukemia. Maybe that's how Ballard knew I was a writer. When Ballard called, I didn't ask many questions. I didn't wonder why he thought it was appropriate for me, the writer of a mommy blog, to chronicle anti-trafficking work. At the time, I was a 28-year-old stay-at-home mother in Utah. I was lonely and grieving. My dad, my best friend, had died not long before. As I changed diapers, managed tantrums, and sat on the playground, I felt unmoored from my past and unsure about my future. I suppose my grief and search for meaning, I wanted to be him to be called of God because maybe that meant finally I was too. I accepted his offer quickly. Whew. Okay, so then she also, she skips ahead a little bit, but she says, Ballard sat inside with the traffickers, supposedly negotiating the price for the services each girl would provide. An operative opened the back door calling to me, Meg, Tim wants you inside. I went in. One of the traffickers talked to me, and I laughed at his jokes. Some of the other traffickers were women. A few didn't look much older than the kids I'd been playing with in the backyard. I watched Ballard count money onto the coffee table. Then he gave the signal. The raid started. I ran to the back door where I was confronted by a local police officer brandishing a gun. I was told to get on the floor. The cameras were rolling for the hoped-for TV show. It's a good sign. 
I flew home from the raid alone. When the plane landed, I turned on my cell phone. There was a text from Ballard. He said he'd been he'd be happy to write a blurb for my book whenever I got around to writing one. I was touched. A man called by God said he was going to endorse me. For a moment, I felt like I had a purpose. When my husband picked me up from the airport, our two children in car seats in the back, I told him about the guns and the kids. Quote, what the fuck was Ballard thinking? You shouldn't have been there, he replied. I remember I thought he was being overprotective. I wrote an article for Huffington Post about Ballard's heroics and the children's new hope. When OUR released its first documentary, I attended the premiere. Before the movie started, everyone in the audience who'd participated in a jump was asked to stand up. I stood up. The crowd applauded. The jump is what Tim Ballard calls these fucking missions. But soon, Ballard's aggressiveness, sure, sh aggressive sureness began to scare me. Ann Gallagher, whom the U.S. State Department called, quote, the leading global expert on the international law and human trafficking, published an essay critical of OUR's tactics. She argued its raid showed a, quote, an alarming lack of understanding about how sophisticated criminal trafficking networks must be approached and dismantled, and called OUR's operations arrogant, unethical, and illegal. Ballard sent the article to me and called her a bitch. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> then he asked me to, <laughs> spoken like a man of God, <laughs> then he asked me to write a rebuttal. Quote, in parentheses, Ballard did not respond to detailed questions about his comments. I had nothing of worth to say in response to a woman who dedicated her life to this work. How could he think I did? I didn't write the piece. It's, it's, it's heavy. So just a little bit more. She says, disillusioned and disturbed, I sought more understanding of the group's place within the anti-trafficking world. I reached out to an anti-trafficking expert. When I told an international anti-trafficking expert about the 2014 raid I attended, she had immediately said, do you know how wrong all of that was? The research I learned tells us our 2014 was most likely just another childhood trauma for those 26 kids. We made their lives worse. But what she grasped in that moment, it took me years to understand. When Ballard called me into that house, he'd put me in harm's way so I could write a story about him. Ballard did not respond to specific questions about the raid. A condemnation of Ballard? Yes, but it's a condemnation of me too. I'd imagine myself the same way he did or said he did as a savior of these children. I tried to find meaning in my own life and on the backs of exploited kids. I began to face the truth. So, um, it's, I just, I, yeah, I just, I can't get over the fact that he was just like, oh yeah, sorry for the PTSD. You know, let me know if you need an intro to your book. Yeah. And also check out this bitch's article. Can you uh, write a rebuttal for it? Because yeah. we need something out there. This is yeah, like... And, yeah. This is like a it's like a, a an article an expose on Donald Trump. Like they're the same fucking person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the only difference between like a, like a Tim Ballard and like a Donald Trump is Donald Trump would be too lazy to do it. He would just be the fundraiser for it and then just pocket sure. out the money, but there's no saying that Tim Ballard doesn't do the same thing either. And it not only that, but I think I mentioned this on the original pod uh episode that we did uh the the cinematic universe but like tim ballard is the most do it for the gram ass man yep. to ever live he yeah. is like the shittiest instagram influencer of all time yeah i mean just look at their website and we talked about this in uh, that other episode but it's like the entire thing is just him and his fucking blue eyes that's like the whole <laughs> that's all the advertisements <laughs> so i mean so and like another one of her slides she says 
Though his reality series never panned out, Ballard is represented by WME, one of the biggest talent agencies in the world. A TV show based on a book he wrote, Slave Stealers, is currently in development, and a new action movie about him, Sound of Freedom, is forthcoming. Jim Caviezel plays Ballard and Mira Sorvino as his wife. In the trailer, released last summer, a blonde Caviezel treks through the jungle of Colombia to save children from a crime syndicate. The light-filled Ballard home flashes across the screen as a contrast to the dark Colombian spaces. Caviezel sheds righteous tears and terrified of boys and terrified boys and girls' faces, often speckled in dirt, are front and center. Mr. Tomateo, one crying little boy, asked the screen in Ballard in, this, asked the screen Ballard in Spanish, you rescue kids, right? That's literally how he sees himself. But something I really like about her post, and I think this serves as a good contrast to the Vice article, um, because I, the, the Vice article and in, in, that we'll go through next and is a very in-depth um, look into a lot of their operations themselves. Um, her article and her perspective comes from someone who um, is Mormon from Utah and kind of just how she was you know, raised to trust men like this and that their intentions are pure and that like, you know, just everything about her story and how she viewed OUR is exactly how anyone that we talk to here that like supports them would talk about them. Like they genuinely believe this man is called of God to like, you know, do what the government can't do because government's bad or whatever. And yeah. And the Vice article is from a yeah. different perspective, but anyway. Oh, it's a totally different perspective on that one too. But it is interesting to see how like someone who'd be a supporter of like OUR would kind of operate within that too. Because, I mean, they feed off of like the idea of like white man's burden and like CBS's primetime lineup too. Like they love shows like like the one that Jim Caviezel was into like yeah. prime suspect with, I guess that's the one it was into, but it's like, they realize they, they think that the only way you're going to fix these sort of like societal problems is like through force and through. So heroes. essentially you have, yeah, you have through heroes. So essentially you just have, you just have these like group of like semi-trained, like CrossFit athletes who just like decide <laughs> they're going to do like their own five eleven tactical commercial, yep. except for like also fundraise off of it too. Yeah. And you look at their financials too. Like they're not hurting at all for anything. Nope. The um, 2018, they had $17 million worth of revenue and they only spent 11 million of it. And Tim Ballard got $343,000 for, for his uh, generosity there. And that's just from the company. Like that's not including everything else he does on top of that. Yeah. The brand he's created for himself and selling essentially his likeness to be in movies, to be in TV shows and the books and everything. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is just a massive marketing like scheme. So Tim Ballard can like launch himself into the stratosphere of like conservative media and just like get rich yeah. off of just off of just chuds who are willing to say like he's the tough tactical dude who wears a plate carrier right before he like punches a pimp in the throat. I love him. <laughs> he's so sick. It's the same yeah. stuff. It's a fucking <laughs> racket. That's all this is. And um, yeah, so. I think we'll move into the vice stuff now. The title of this one is Operation Underground Railroad Claims to Save Child Sex Slaves. People on the ground describe disturbingly amateurish operations that could endanger those they're meant to help. Um, I mean, just the headline on its own describes exactly what this other woman saw who, you know, she was a supporter of OUR until she saw, you know, what that actually looked like in practice on the ground. And 
um, you know, consulted people who have been doing this for a lot longer and fighting against this type of thing globally for a lot longer and learning about how, hey, maybe this actually um, isn't the right way to be going about this. Jordan, do you want to take us through this one? Oh, yeah. So what this one pretty much talks about is mainly the people who had to work with with Operation Underground Railroad, especially like the people they target the most, like military personnel, former law enforcement, all the people who are supposed to be the the um, operators, would you say, for uh, for like doing this human trafficking. And it really just gives you like just the straight up how much of a farce this is in the first paragraph where where um a jump team it's so funny where a jump team realizes that a member of their team is this woman that no one knows who she is and and then after the after the raid has been completed and all that too he reveals it to the team that it's actually a psychic medium yep he revealed that his source for this children he 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 talks about like um ballard is is after this one kid in particular that supposedly um you know sparked our uh, in its in its inception, and it, it's about this kid, this Haitian boy named Gardy Marty, and he's this Haitian boy that disappeared. <laughs> I know it sounds like a made up name. I'm sorry. I'm- yeah, from he's the That's boy that disappeared from disappeared from the United States when he was like three years old, and so they 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 do this raid on this village, and it's Tim Ballard, all these fucking like real estate dudes and crossfit guys and their camera crews and everything and they show up to this village and the people in this village have no idea what's going on they're like what what and i don't know i don't know if tim's like walking around demanding to know to know where the kids are hidden like the dude who walked into fucking comet ping pong with an ar-15 and demanding to see the basement but like i don't know what his plan was and then people are like oh yeah there's nothing going on here and then the he, quote attached that is yeah. amazing. Hit, hit us. Quote, Tim shows up with this woman, this very sheltered looking soccer momish woman from Utah. <laughs> one source told Vice World News, and he's being very defensive and won't let anyone talk to her. <laughs> After a couple of days, I figured out she's a fucking psychic. That's his fucking source. Yep. End quote. Yeah, I had a hunch, that guys. Is so amazing. It's so good. She had this hunch and her name was Janet. And um. When when reached by Vice World News, Janet said, I signed an NDA, so I can't answer any of your questions. Recommended we reached out to OUR. A spokesperson for OUR did not dispute Janet's involvement, telling us OUR has partnered with Janet, who was referred to us to OUR by a U.S. law enforcement agency for some of our top level cases. She has been very successful in helping our rescue efforts alongside our law enforcement partners. And then it goes on to say, the spokesman also shared two links. The first was to an abstract of a 1993 paper from the journal Law and Order, which referred to the work of psychics and law enforcement investigations as, quote, controversial, did not endorse their use, and noted that most large police agencies surveyed did not work with psychics, nor did the FBI. The second was a Forbes profile of a different psychic medium who says she works with law enforcement. <laughs> Just like some other Dude. woman. 
the, the thing is, like every law enforcement agency that's ever like brought in a psychic, it's usually some like bumfuck like small town <laughs> sheriff who's like, yeah, we couldn't figure this one out on our own, so we brought in this lady. She uh, needed some goat blood, but we did it. But it still didn't find the kid. So and you know, we gotta try everything. You know, boys, I I gotta it's, hand it's, it to Tim Ballard though. It's amazing. You do. I really gotta. I gotta. I gotta hand it to him because he single handedly <laughs> resurrected Miss Cleo's career. There we go. Hell yeah, it's creating jobs, dude. This man's a job creator. He is. It really is. Like he's creating <laughs> jobs in the uh, black arts, which you know has taken a dip in the last few years. <laughs> That's right. Those jobs are increasingly it's, hard to come by. Unfortunately, it's a growing industry. <laughs> That's right. All right, Jordan, continue. <laughs> so. The, the article kind of goes on too and talks about like how it's just like celebrity packed for like all their missions too. Like it talks about how like Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, went on missions. Oh man. Glenn Beck went on missions. Our state attorney general Sean Reyes went on a lot of missions. Yeah, he's been on a ton of them. Yeah, there's a reason. For some reason, he doesn't talk about that anymore. I don't know why. Yeah, it's ever probably since has nothing to do with the fact that there's hmm. yeah possible like questionable legality in a lot of things but uh, you know it's a great oh, I, I, I just want i just want nothing more than like a mid-tier celebrity to get recognized in one of these raids <laughs> like just somebody looks at him and say wait aren't you kevin sorbo <laughs> dude I, kevin sorbo absolutely <laughs> will go on one of these 100 he's it's just a matter of time till we see the sorbs out there Oh, you'd man. probably just have to pay his cameo fee and he'd probably do anything for you. <laughs> He's going to be in that movie. Oh, geez. So it goes on. Oh, no, he's probably is going to be in that movie. Good Lord. I know. <laughs> so what happens Well, later on, they kind of come on to this. Uh, they talk to another person, kind of like our first story, who talks to Vice about like how he was like brought into it, too, because he was just so excited to be a part of it. His name was Will. <laughs> and it's it's so bad of what they do to him because like it, it, he talks about the entire like recruitment process and everything and it's just oh wait it's i'm so sorry before we get to will his whole thing is insane but that this part in particular that we have to talk about is this this veteran who worked with OUR he said it's laughable to call to call what he did ops he said they'd go and just push for pimps to show up with girls if presented with sex workers of a legal age, OUR would insist on younger girls, a method that several experts said could, when combined with a lack of intelligence gathering and vetting, potentially lead to girls being trafficked who otherwise wouldn't have been. In my opinion, that's what he was doing. He was creating demand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, my God. Yeah, that's that's He's right, though. That's yeah. the thing, though, too, is if you like bring up enough money, it's like, oh, no, I want younger. And it's like, yep. uh, well, we're going to go find that supply really quick. Yep. In my opinion, that's like, what he was doing. He was creating demand, said one of the former military members who worked with OUR overseas, because you'd see the pimp show up with a weird mix of girls, young but experienced. Then there'd be a couple really young girls. It felt to me like they'd been roped in because Tim had flashed so much money. Anyway, fucking hell, uh, William. Okay, William. William's a sweet kid. He uh, does magic tricks at a local mall to donate his proceeds to anti-trafficking groups, which, um, all right, that's, that's <laughs> cool, man. Bastard. You could, could just get a job, I guess, but, you know, that's that's cool, too. 
<laughs> nerd shit. Because nothing, yeah, nothing said, like, there's nothing at all sketchy about some dude just going to the mall and doing magic tricks, like, to raise awareness for child trafficking. Hey, kid, do you not want to get, I mean, he like, would. <laughs> Like, hey, kid, do you want to fucking like? Sketchy just never know. stopped anything at Operation Underground Railroad. Yeah, like, like, hey, do you want like a, a, right, I don't so, know, a, a fucking balloon cocker spaniel in, oh in so that you don't get kidnapped? That's brutal. I just, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around this. My mind is breaking. Like, it is leaking out of my nose. My oh, God. All right. Anyway, magician man. So, will. So he gets an email from OUR just asking him to like, hey, you want to apply? And he's like, wow, I have no experience in law enforcement, military <laughs> intelligence, you know, any sort of like rolling field or actually working with victims. But you know what? Perfect. They must want me. So just as qualified as a lot of the other guys here. in there. But yeah, sure. Well, probably more qualified than the guys who just bankroll. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, the first step the organization told them was to attend training in the nondescript hotel in the state far from home. Travel and lodging, he was surprised, learned were paid by attendees, though OUR arranged for a small discount. <laughs> OUR is just a travel agency <laughs> that gets group rates for the, these fucking people. Uh, Use this uh, promo code. That's right. <laughs> When he arrived, he found himself surrounded in the lobby by about 20 to 30 men, all crew cuts, cargo pants, basically whatever stereotype you have of law enforcement, they look like it. These were potential OUR operatives there to compete for two spots on the jump team, <laughs> which is which is. Oh my god! Yeah, like those are just like a bunch of guys who just go like five eleven tactical and just load up on everything just because like, yo, I'm going to be a troop one day. Yep, uh, they were. The army rejected me, but, you know, I'll, I'll go here. My God. <laughs> One surprise was the presence of an elderly man whose participation, it turned out, was due to him being a significant donor to OUR. I gave them so much money, they just let me come on. <laughs> they just let me come one time. William remembered the man saying he was also married to one of OUR instructors. He lasted all the way through the training. Oh my God. By the way, it was supposed to be really arduous training that, you know, like rivaled special operations. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Among the first questions candidates were asked was whether they could financially cover the cost of a deployment lasting three to six months or more. William was taken aback, but learned that while OUR would cover expenses as he was actively working, it would not during mandatory time off, during which he wouldn't be allowed to come home. Oh, it seems great. Seems good. Seems really, really awesome. Before training began, candidates were giving a psychological examination. Wow, that's a, usually a good start for an organization. On his way <laughs> on his way to his, William passed a candidate exiting exam who said, if you mention God, you're a shoe-in. <laughs> Big Jesus guy over here. Uh, the description from this is amazing, too. The actual exam was carried out by a disinterested-seeming man eating Chick-fil-A. He asked William about his motivations and whether he would be comfortable praying before missions. William said he threw in the phrase, trust in God, and was cleared. The whole thing, he told Vice World News, took about 10 minutes. And then he just talks about, like, the training, how it was just, like, all sorts of, like, dumb things you learn and, like, any sort of, like... It, it, like a bunch of YouTube videos, like they talk about like the famous one in the man, the gorilla costume, which is supposed to show like you can miss things in plain sight and blah, 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 blah. Like it, it's just standard stuff. And all yep. of it just shows like what a joke this organization is. Yep. 
it's like, like, it's like, it, it actually feeds off of like the generosity of people. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. Yeah. So the next guy they talk about, um, this Rex guy, he's, he's a good one. So <laughs> Rex oh, I've, been, I've been going through his, uh, Instagram too. big jazz fan. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear. So Rex bills himself as, quote, the social realtor, as an entrepreneur, realtor, coach, speaker, and mentor. He has over 60,000 followers on Instagram and a regular podcast in which he interviews, quote, exceptional people living extraordinary lives. Tim Ballard was one of the first people on that podcast. Rex ended up on nearly a dozen OUR missions, along with a group of friends who were also realtors and investors. These included prominent Utah entrepreneur. This included prominent Utah entrepreneur and philanthropist Paul Hutchinson, who, through a representative, declined Vice World News' request for comment. So, this is like a classic um, from here. A little bit of a Brigham Young money um, ADHD issue that we have, but we all kind of went down the Paul Hutchinson rabbit hole a bit. And especially Jordan, who has been tortured by Paul Hutchinson oh. all day. And he's been struggling <laughs> greatly with um, not only Paul's existence, but uh, sudden online disappearance. Um, tell us a little bit about Paul, Jordan. So I don't know where to really begin with him. Like going off of Jimmy Rex is kind of a good example, first of all, because apparently he kind of does a lot of things with Paul Hutchinson. Like apparently they threw galas together for a kind of a mutual organization they have called the, uh, called the, uh, was it child liberation foundation? Um, fun fact that organization, it, uh, got approved for being a 501 C three nonprofit in, uh, 2018, never filed a 990 and was immediately like uh, shuttered by the IRS for not ever filing any sort of return. So I have no idea what they did. They did galas. They did fundraising. No one seems to know what happened after that. But regardless, well, that's fun. Also, both of them are friends with Sean Reyes, which is um, an interesting thing. The of course aforementioned uh, state, state attorney general, which weird, not weird, whatever. Anyway, the weird part is like, Paul Hutchinson hasn't been active on literally anything since like 2019. Like he, the dude's a ghost since like COVID began, which is really weird because there is so many like YouTube videos of him trying to do things, articles of him about how he's like this, just a straight up big dick baller with money. Um, there's videos of him with NBA players, coaches. Apparently he's a friend of like Tim, uh, uh, Tony Robbins, which is um, should be a red flag in itself at this point. Yes. <laughs> and it's just it's the most incredible thing. He also owns some weird like ten, uh, peripheral organizations like a vault company and also like a body armor company. This dude is everywhere and nowhere. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I've just been completely red pilling myself today for what it, this all means. So third eye open. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I'm like now going down even further this. So that Paul guy, his, that whole thing, this whole thing with his child liberation foundation or whatever, um, we were going through his Twitter and he had this video from this Halloween party. He, uh, he threw at his ostensibly at his house and, um, 
it was this really weird video where he advertised the types of people who were there and how many people came to his party and how it was a quote all night party as if that like needed to be mentioned i guess and also there's not a lot of things worse than an all-night party you ever tried leaving a party when the sun comes up that it's not a good feeling but miserable yeah that's not that's not a good time to be leaving a party but anyway um he like rudy gobert hal netto were in attendance i don't know if people remember seeing rudy gobert dressed as that um like pharaoh thing that where he was like painted gold oh yeah 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 so that's that was him at this party and apparently he was raising money for this child liberation foundation supposedly which as jordan just mentioned was immediately disbanded or something because they they never filed a tax return <laughs> yeah so, so like you see all these gala things too like apparently like Ashton Kutcher was at that which is so weird but there was yeah this organization apparently worked closely with like Operation Underground Railroad is like kind of like a like sister organization for everything but there's just no trace of it anywhere the only thing I can find it on is like Paul Hutchinson's like website where essentially like the only thing on that for Child Liberation Foundation is a link to that movie with Jim Caviezel. Like it all just comes like full circle. Yes. It's wonderful. Why are we tortured with this stuff? I hate it so much. I don't know. Why do I need to know this stuff? Oh, and like, I was just going through, I was going through Jimmy Rex's Twitter earlier as well. Um, that guy mentioned before, um, he tweeted, uh, you know, you like someone had a picture from like one of the golf, the, the, some, what golf shit is going on right now? Is it like the US Open? It was probably? the PGA, like, PGA championship. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care about golf, but he quote tweeted a picture of like this big crowd and he said, You know, I'm, I am on the front lines for all of it. Pandemic is now canceled. It never really was one, but it is officially over. So, sure. I like they just yeah. can't help themselves on that type of shit, but it's just, Man, this the, but the Paul Hutchinson guy, I uh, boy, afraid. his his LinkedIn is something else. Like I just went through, it was like, what is going on here? Here's some uh, tidbits from his uh, LinkedIn that I found very interesting. Uh, founder of the aforementioned Child Liberation Foundation, which, by the way, is no longer a nonprofit because they there just can't go. seem to do paperwork. Uh, recipient of the Ellis Island Medal of Honor, which I have no idea what that is. Cool. Executive producer of, quote, the Sound of Freedom movie, which we already talked about. Board member of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Knighted in 2017 as a Knights Templar. Hmm. Which, yeah, that's. Hmm. Okay. Board member of the FBI Citizens Academy. <laughs> Honorary colonel of the Unified Police Department. <laughs> Here's He's something is really monitor. weird. Trained by CIA, <laughs> trained by CIA operatives, Navy SEALs, and Krav experts. Huh. Okay. Finance chair for Sean Reyes' Utah Attorney General campaign. Re-election committee for re-election committee member for Senator Mike Lee. And then, like the only other things you see on there too is like his safe company and like ATEC defense systems, which is saying. Probably, which just essentially makes soft body armor that's used by like law enforcement. So what they say, it? I don't this, know. Yeah. What is it with this group of guys? That's like, there's something so weird there. And like the fact that they all are like Sean Reyes guys and like, 
they, they all seem very cut from the exact same cloth or just doing different types of griffs or something like this guy knighted as a knight's templar like what and the, all of these guys are also <laughs> like insanely weird fetishists of like the fbi and the cia and like the special forces and the navy seals like they think that's like the coolest shit ever and so much so that that's this a- guy's dedicated his now professional life to creating body armor for them i guess just to bring it full circle to where we started this episode on all of these guys are mark Wahlberg from pain and gain yep mm-hmm. that's all they are like they just they want to act like they're like spies or soldiers or whatever which is why they go on these like bullshit missions with tim ballard and do nothing except for just traumatize children in this global south <laughs> that's all they do yeah. congratulations you just caused more trauma and made the global south just a little bit more shittier great job yeah so the article continues and talks a little bit more about these these type of guys but like um jimmy rack says he says for his part that uh ballard ultimately stopped calling him and his friends to go on missions but that doesn't bear him or the group any ill will i really loved him and i have high respect for him that said he added he's terrible at judging who to stick around Rex and his friends, he said, were, quote, loyal and committed. I love the cause, he said. We were so willing to do what we what he needed. And in recent years, OUR seems to have tamped down on the number of real estate brokers, minor celebrities, and aged donors going on missions. It emphasized that it partners with local police and law enforcement and that every operation is carried out with respect for local laws and customs. This creates its own tension, though. Not every country's political environment is the same, and at times, OUR's work with state-backed security forces may be doing more harm than good. One particularly striking example is Thailand. OUR claims to have deep roots in the country and pointed to a recent case in which it reportedly assisted in a bust of a modeling agency that was exploiting children as an example of its work. According to the staff biography on the page, OUR's website, Thailand is the only country where OUR is a full-time aftercare specialist. The organization said in a recent Facebook post that it has a country director in a a place named Art who accepted an award from the country's Department of Provincial Administration on OUR's behalf and has claimed to work in every every one of the 76 provinces in Thailand. Experts who spoke to Vice, however, were skeptical. What the organization claims presence in every one of the provinces of Thailand actually seems to mean is that OUR provides money and computer training to the Royal Thai Police, an infamously corrupt agency that does, by definition, work across the country. The quality of that training is unclear, and the uses to which it is put. Thailand was a military dictatorship until recently. Its 2019 elections, while ostensibly free and fair, were widely seen as serving to prolong the military's hold on the country's governance. This raises clear ethical issues around its giving national police forces access to intelligence technology. Empower, the sex worker advocation organization in Thailand, is particularly disturbed by this aspect. Before we go of a little bit further, like I just, I just yeah. want to talk about like it seems like Tim Ballard accomplished everything he wanted to. Like he wanted to do stuff that like would be like essentially CIA things. And what's more CIA than like propping up like military military dictatorships in the third world? Yeah, yeah. And also, Absolutely. it's just it's just it's just very funny to know like these guys. The money guys from the past realize that no, they're no longer useful to him. Yep. Like he it, doesn't need it, you anymore, man. Yeah. Like so, he gets exactly. And sorry, this, Jimmy. Yeah. This quote in particular is just so damning. Helping the police in Thailand means helping with the criminal training, said one of the group's sex worker leaders. 
the Computer Crimes Act here is being used terribly against the pro-democracy movement. So it's confusing why they want to do that. It's almost like uh, empowering a, a military dictatorship with um, more intelligence technology might be a bad thing and might not be freeing people or liberating children or whatever. Um, Congrats, Tim. You created Sex Crime Gladio. Yeah, he, oh he absolutely God. did. That's Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And like there's so many – like this article continues and there's an NGO um, – who requested anonymity because they are worried about like uh, for both safety reasons and to speak freely about the anti-trafficking world that OUR has a terrible reputation in Thailand. Um, it's just, yeah, like on the ground, none of us, and I speak on the behalf of the entire Thailand anti-trafficking community, none of us work with them. It's like OUR is specifically just working with the cops, the actual like people on the ground doing this work in the way it should be done. Um, don't <laughs> because then they're not on the same side. Um, it's in like, you know, it also mentions how these people have like, like, you know, have the licenses to do certain things. And like, oh, you are just comes in and ruins a lot of shit and makes things a lot harder for the actual organizations there. And that's kind of like what their big claim is, is that they are able to cut through the bureaucracy or whatever, when in actuality, it just makes things worse on the ground and in some cases like whoever that um military veteran was that went with might be literally creating trafficking demand um so um not great not great uh tim I mean um highly recommend people read like all of this it's really long we're not going to go through the whole thing but it's um it's really good. I, I mentioned the title of the article and uh, it's Inside a Massive Anti-Trafficking Charities Blundering Overseas Missions by Anna Marion and Tim Archman. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really tough. Um, and it's, it's hard to talk about these things because, um, I mean, so far, none of this, none of the stuff that's come out has really done much to, you know, take them down a notch at all. I mean, we mentioned that like, Sean Reyes doesn't promote them as much as he probably did for quite some time showing up to like, you know, I don't know if he was like jumping out of helicopters or whatever to come into the event. I guess Tim did that. But like at that event that Sean Reyes was at, it's just like that was a whole thing. I don't know how much that's going to keep happening after like post pandemic. Um, but it's really it's frustrating to see how 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 able they are to just get away with all this shit because they're shielded with like what they claim is their mission. So like we said in the beginning and like Greg pointed out, like when he was saying, you know, I'm raising awareness, even if the Wayfair thing isn't true, I'm raising awareness. So it's almost like he's completely impervious. Um, I, I was reading comments on some of these articles and someone was basically Someone, I don't, uh, they clearly didn't take the time to read through the entire article, but like there were, I saw comments that were like, like, oh, you just can't make everyone happy, like do good and you'll get kicked in the teeth, but you should do good anyway. I was like, that, are, like, are you fucking three years old? Like, I don't, I, I don't understand how people cannot, can't feel like they can't be critical of something like this. And it's really frustrating to see that it's become like, oh, if you're critical of this, then you're clearly pro-trafficking. Like I've seen that happen far too many times. But like people I mean, like this should not be able to just become famous and make themselves the full center of attention um, on the backs of 
humans and children being trafficked and claiming that he's doing some great service and that he's called of God to liberate them when clearly, by all accounts, he's coasting on the backs of work that's already been done. He's teaming up with a lot of times violent police forces on the ground and is making things worse and then taking credit for when things go well, even though he had no hand in it. So it's like... I think we need to like just understand that this is a country who really feels like it wants to be a part of things like fighting evil no matter what, regardless of how stupid it is. Because yeah. like at the end of the day, this is essentially if like Dog the Bounty Hunter did Coney 2020. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, that's it's all it exactly is. Exactly like, that with a fucking paintball gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's essentially just Dog going out there with like a. Because, I mean, you watch an episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter. It's the same exact thing, too. Like, they're trying to set up this thing to get, the, like, the, the bounty or something like that. Yep. Can you text this guy? And then they show up and do it. And, that, and that's the whole thing. Except for this one has, like, Mike Tomlin involved with it for some reason. And, <laughs> and we like were just a stakes, yeah, we we're just in a you know? country of, like, A&E cop shows that just, like, became fully sentient. And it's yeah. the worst thing possible. And I think that brings up even a bigger point of like, you can't fix macro problems with micro solutions. Like you can't fix overarching societal problems that lead to things like human trafficking with some fucking guns and a camera crew. It's like, it's like, you know, like putting one stitch in an ax wound. Like if you really want to end child trafficking, like start at a, like a societal level, like, I don't know, help people reach a a, a life with dignity. So they're not scratching and scraping, uh, contribute to alleviating poverty. So people eradicating poverty is like, Yeah, Yeah, like things like there are things like human trafficking are a byproduct of a broken society. But you're forgetting this is a country that you're forgetting this is a country that had three seasons of Steven Seagal Lawman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, that's, that's really what it is. But like, yeah, you can't you if you're it's like. If you're having if you if you're having heart problems and I don't know your blood is thin and you're bleeding all the time from I don't know it's like it's like dying from a million paper cuts or something and yeah you fixed you fix the main problem instead of the, the tiny cuts that where you bleed to death mm-hmm. and that's not what's happening and yeah it's it's just such an obvious yeah. grift. But, I mean, we haven't tried trying to fix our other issues the same way that Tim Ballard fixes his issues. I mean, what if we tried to fix, like, healthcare with, like, a real estate agent wearing an ill-fitting, like, body <laughs> armor trying to negotiate with a doctor? You know, yeah. It could work. I might yeah, get my premium, Laura. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, both of you bring up really great points, and I think they're absolutely synthesized in the fact that this country just has problems it just refuses to address and continues to pretend like we're the good guys. I mean, we we tell ourselves a made-up story about World War II anyway and pretend like we're the ones who like won the war and all that, and we haven't been the good guys. We haven't been on the good side since then, and we have no idea like what to do at this point. I mean, we literally have... Um, uh, 
Let's see. A new CBO report says America is on track to spend $600 billion on nuclear weapons, and a separate report shows the top defense industry execs were paid $1 billion in the last four years. I mean, awesome. like, that's that's our country's priority, but we're, we have no more wars to fight, really. And so, I mean, over the last couple of years in particular, we're seeing how much of that violence has turned inward, and we've seen all the mass police violence, not even talking about police just killing people indiscriminately um on like you know traffic stops or whatever but i'm talking about like the mass violence we saw from the police over the course of all the protests we've seen in the last like uh, the last couple years and like the amount of military equipment they rolled out there to deal with people who are protesting or journalists or whatever and so like this country refuses to address certain things and so we see you know we see people like Tim Ballard rise up into these like hero jobs that people are looking for, looking to look up to and pretend like there are still, you know, causes that are, um, that we're successful in as, and, and if it can't be f- done by our country anymore or whatever, whatever that means, um, it can't be f- through the government, then it's going to be this fucking dude who just wants to be famous really bad and is using this to catapult himself into that level of fame and so all these societal ills it's just it's it's deeply sick to like think that this is taking place when we have so many problems that we're just refusing to address and think that we're this we're producing these god-sended god fearing men who are going down and doing the work that like you know, others won't or whatever. I, I'm glad you brought up like the myth around World War II because honestly, that is showing the two ways in which we could make like the world better. Because there's the heroic like storming Normandy myth we tell ourselves like how we won World War II. But yeah. the real way we won World War II is by through a command economy that just provided more than enough jobs for everyone, more yep. than enough resources for everyone. Um, because World War II wasn't won by like storming the beaches of France. It was won by providing the Red Army with Studebaker trucks and spam. Like, yep. yeah, like that's how it was won. And it was also won by just making sure that the American economy was just the strongest <clears throat> in the world through like a command driven, like arms production board type economy. Yeah. And like you're not going to win it by just donations and just brute force because you're not going to f- accomplish anything with that. Yeah. And it, yeah. it fits in so well with like what's been going on recently around like, you know, schools, states, sc- school districts refusing or n- now being so obsessed with like teaching critical race theory or like banning like Idaho today, banning like controversial thoughts or whatever, or the, whatever the hell that was. It's like this, this country has like a unique sickness that it cannot be honest with itself and it i don't know if it i i i mean it stems i think probably from the original sin of slavery or whatever but like through the multiple um genocides that this country has participated in both here and abroad it's like we have all these lies that we've tell ourselves so people can feel really comfortable when it comes to like OUR and the work they do so they can believe in something rather than acknowledge the fact that like so much of this, so much of the things that we're taught we believe are just like completely bullshit. Like the fact that we can't even acknowledge like the Soviets like really <laughs> winning World War II is just hilarious. And it's, I mean, obviously we were on the 
right side of that war. But it's like we still can't even be honest about the times like that. And it's just it's it, 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 of yeah. course we have these guys with with God complexes and hero complexes that arise out of out of that dishonesty and pretend like they are something that they're not and how willing we are as a society to believe these people when they're clearly fucking charlatans <laughs> and like it's just yeah it's pain pain in my soul and to that point like i think is there anything more american than thinking that you can uh solve a an overarching public problem with a private solution i mean like it's, ultimately it's, it's ending yeah. ending child trafficking and and like the reasons why it happens, these are billion dollar problems. And we talked about this before earlier in the podcast. OUR raised seventeen million dollars, which is great as a private entity. You're probably making, I know you're making bank. Tim Ballard's balling out, but like that's not nearly enough to even make a fucking dent in this problem. Yeah. In fact, yep. it just perpetuates it and it keeps them in business. Yeah, you want to know what really causes human trafficking? I mean, it's free trade agreements that we passed for like the last 30 years. I mean, you look at like the damage like NAFTA and CAFTA did to like the Mexican and Central American economies. And you're going to see why human trafficking occurs because like you wiped out an entire like agricultural sector in, in Mexico where all of a sudden you have so many people who don't have jobs because no one wants to buy corn from them anymore. But you don't yep. understand on like a macro level too. Is because like, well, um, actually, it's because uh, uh, money and yeah. stuff that they want. It's like they think of things on such like a one dimensional level that it's almost unserious to even have any discussion about it too. Like it is. You look at you look through like Burgess Owens like Twitter page at any given day. Do he'll have like four or five references to human trafficking? What does he want to do to end human trafficking? Um. That's a very good question because I don't even think he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah, exactly. And like there's zero cause and effect for anything. Like everything is a momentary uh, – everything just exists in this moment and is only a uh, product of that moment in, in and of itself. I mean like there uh, – on, on OUR's website, it's what makes OUR model work. Our rescue teams are a focused, nimble group of extraction experts. We're former U.S. Navy SEALs, CIA, CIA operatives, law enforcement officers, medical personnel, and military veterans. We partner, partner with effective and efficient foreign government, military, and law enforcement agencies. Privately run, bureaucracy-free. Like – that in and of itself, like you're saying, Greg, just like pretending like that there's just this like private NGO that's the solution for for all of this. It's it's yeah. I mean, that's that is the distillation of the American brain thinking that like, well, we may have dismantled the economies of countries all over the world. We may have toppled their governments, their democratically elected governments. We may have installed um, you know, right-wing dictators instead. We may have created open-air slave markets in uh, many countries around the world, notably maybe Libya. Um, but the, the solution the for us, yeah, the, yeah, we've armed. I mean, there's a reason, like, a lot of these guns and weapons that a lot of these terrorist groups are using, and I use terrorists um, loosely, are using uh, American weapons and American weapons that were provided to them by uh, governments in the 80s, 90s, and 
earlier even but it's like looking at all of that and being like yeah the answer is tim ballard and this fucking dude named jimmy rex and paul hutchinson who's hosting dance parties and getting 200 views on his youtube video about it it's just like (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's i mean it pains me it pains me so much think about it this way think about the person who's going to be a really big like Operation Underground Railroad supporter and think about how much like the people who also like to tweet or put Facebook says about like, why are we giving foreign aid? Yeah, it's like it's a circle. <laughs> if it's a Venn diagram, it's a circle yep. because they're the same people who think like the only way that we can really aid these backward savages in the global south is by just bringing them to heel. I mean, that's why they're, that's why they're, they hate Cuba. They hate Venezuela. They hate like any country that's like actually is like turned a thumb to the United States because they feel like a rejection of like American hegemonic power, especially in like the Western hemisphere is, is, is like essentially saying that you actually don't want our help at all. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it comes kind of breaks down to, too, is like it's just it's just like a very soft form NGO imperialism. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. We love it. Yeah. I'm sure the movie's great. I'm sure the movie's going to be great. The movie's really going to be awesome. To and we're going to have a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, I honestly, I just hope there's awesome. just deleted scenes of like Jim Caviezel just talking to the key grip about like why Hitler had interesting ideas. Oh my! <laughs> Which yep, I'm uh, just asking questions. That did happen, and I hope he's this man loves questions. Okay, well, seems like a good place to end it, boys. It's been a pleasure. I always love talking about our boy Tim and the work that he's been up to. Um, I'm sure his Instagram looks the same as ever. I haven't looked at it for a while, but I'm assuming it's just a lot of pictures of him again. And let's see if I am correct. And the answer is yes. A lot of him. (laughs) A lot of him. A lot of him. I mean, at least that's better than like Jocko Willenick's uh, Instagram, which is just literally just pictures of his watch showing he woke up early to work out. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, speaking about the... Well, go ahead. No, you go for it. I'm just, I can't get over this shit. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm just, speaking of the movie, I'm I'm just thrilled that University of Utah alum Andrew Bogut is finally going to be in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, just to put a bow on this too, come see my band, Adrena Chromio at Urban Lounge this weekend. Boom. That's why we pay him the big bucks. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. I think that's a good good final note. Uh, We'll see everyone next week. Deuce. Good night. Good night.